0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. If you're joining us online, I want to say thanks so much for being with us. It's great to hear the Word of God over the internet, but if you have the chance to be here with us in person, come on, because we'd want to hug your neck too. We'd love to have you. For those who don't know me, my name's Cade. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And at No Limits, we're here to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. Anybody want to know God? Anybody want to find freedom? Anybody want to live in freedom? Yeah. And discover purpose? Amen. Well, in this series, my goal is to help you know God by exposing fake Christianity. This misled group of people call themselves Woke. That's where the name comes from. Us here in the Midwest... Not many of us know the term woke yet. It kind of hasn't made its way here. I've had a lot of people ask me, what does woke even mean? I'll explain it a little more to you today. But these woke people, they've discovered that the Bible is out of touch with the modern church. That's what they've discovered. Yet, how, Can you even call it Christianity if the Bible isn't the ultimate guidebook? Can you? The reality is you're only a Christian if you believe in and you follow Jesus. That's what makes you a Christian, right? So let me show you a little something about Jesus. I showed you this last week. I want to show you again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when it says the Word, it literally means the Bible. In the beginning, the words that are written in our Bible, they already existed. They were with God, and they were God. And you keep reading, you'll find out that the Word is Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So before Jesus came, became flesh, he was the Word, and he still is the Word. So if you say you follow Jesus, you got to follow the Word, right? When it comes down to it, well, Christianity isn't Christianity at all. It's actually a fake version of Christianity, a counterfeit, because they, not, they either deny or they misuse the Word of God in order not to hurt anybody's feelings. And I'll give them this, though. They're clever because they say a lot of things that sound really good. You're like, wow, that sounds pretty nice and and good, And and it seems right. But all of it leads to destruction. Let me be plain. People will go to hell for eternity because they've abandoned the word of God in favor of becoming woke. And that's a problem. And I'm not going to let it happen, not on my watch, not here at No Limits. I'm going to expose it and expose it, and I'm going to keep exposing it for the evil that it is. I wrote a book about it. I'm doing this series about it. I'm starting a YouTube channel about it. I'm going to war with woke Christianity because I don't want people to go to hell because of that lie. It shouldn't happen. I'm here to help you follow Jesus so that we can spend eternity in heaven and take a lot of people with us. So this message is my God-given assignment in this season. Jesus ain't woke. He ain't. And I'll do whatever it takes to let people know. He ain't woke, y'all. He's not. My grandma hates that I use the word ain't. But I seriously saw this in a vision. Like, this is God's title for this book. I'm like, really? The word ain't? All right. That's part of our vocabulary, though. We get it, right? But before we get into part two of this series, I actually want to give you an update on the book. And I actually had Robin this morning ask me, have you sold a million copies yet? I said, not yet, but I have something really exciting to share with you. If you've been following my journey, you know that I wrote my first book, Jesus Saint Woke. It came out September 1st. And like anybody who writes a book, I would have loved for it to just fly off the shelf from day one, right? But that's not what happened. Actually, I'll give you a little business tip here. The product is, what, is not what makes the business successful. A lot of people fall into the delusion that if they can just create a great product, they'll have a great business. But there's a lot of great products out there that the world will never know about because it all comes down to your ability to communicate that product to people who need it, right? If people don't know about the product, they can't buy the product, no matter how good that it is. So writing the book is only the beginning. I'm now working hard to find the most effective way to get this book into the hands of those who need it. And here's the deal. If you put in the work and you stay diligent... God will bring the increase. He's done it so many times in my life. He's proven to be faithful. I had to be diligent though. I couldn't just sit on the sidelines and wait for him. I had to work. And then he showed up and then he brought the increase. And I'm already starting to see the fruit of my labor with this book. And I want to share something really exciting with you guys. So a few months ago, someone told me that our church was approaching a catalyst moment where the things that we're doing would either explode with growth or fall apart. And then this past Wednesday... At 8 a.m., I got a text from this same person, and they said, today is the day I was telling you about, the catalyst moment. But they also said, I'm not sure what the outcome will be, but I can't be a part of it. So the text was intriguing and troubling (laughs) all at the same time. It left me wondering, well, what's so significant about today? And then it also felt like an attack because they didn't want to be a part of what God was doing through me. So after the text, the morning did feel a little heavy, and I was just searching myself. Like, God, I I only want to do what you have me to do. That is my true heart's desire. And if somebody tells me something or kind of attacks my character or whatever, like, I search myself. Is Is any of this true or is this just an attack? And so I was searching myself that morning. And then Beth and I went on a lunch date, and we were over here at Smoke, eating lunch. And I looked down at my phone, and I saw a message that took my breath away. I was completely awestruck, and I looked up at Beth. My jaw was probably on the floor, right? She's like, what? What what is it? She thought it was some kind of bad news. But the text was from a guy named Gene Bailey, and he's the host of a show called Flashpoint where they discuss how prophecy and current events are aligning to usher in the greatest awakening that the world has ever seen. And this, this show is funded by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Anybody ever heard of them? Which shows you the anointing that's on this show. It literally reaches hundreds of thousands of viewers every week. And Beth and I have been watching this show every week for probably almost a year now. I've had visions of being on this show to discuss the things that I've written in my book. And I, I knew that it was coming. I knew that it was coming. So let me read the text to you. It says, Hey, hey hi, Kate. This is Jean Bailey. I just read your book on the plane to Omaha. Thank you for stepping out and obeying the voice of God. I liked your book so much. I want to order a larger quantity and add to my book table and website. Wow. Wow. Cool. If you're willing to come on Flashpoint and discuss homosexuality in the church, let me know. I know that'll make you a target. So pray about that before answering. <laughs> Let's talk soon anyway. Well done, Cade. I applaud you. Hey, guys, in the back, my screen is supposed to be black. It's working still. Sorry, I should have told you that sooner. I see them back there scurrying around. (laughs) So just four hours after the first text that I told you about, I found out what was so significant (laughs) about that day. It's so cool. It truly was a catalyst moment. The person that told me this, though, they just misjudged the outcome of it. I've been talking about some pretty tough things lately. It's been tough. And it's not because I want to. <laughs> it's not because I want to. It's because God asked me to talk about these things. And I understand that it can be hard to go on this journey with me of exposing evil that it, you know kind of clothes itself in good. It looks good, but it's evil. You see, we're no longer on the cruise ship of Christianity where we can just kind of coast through our church services with an easy message that leaves us all feeling good. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> We're actually, we're in the last great awakening and Jesus said that he's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. That's what he said. And you've probably realized by now that Jesus is cleaning his church to get ready for his coming because we can't have spot. We can't have wrinkle. We can't have blemish. We can't be woke. (laughs) Amen. We're about to see an explosion of growth here at No Limits and if you can take the heat from the cleansing that's taking place, you'll get to partake in the harvest that's coming. It's awesome. The end time harvest is around the corner, but as Jesus said, the laborers are few. Remember when he said that, the laborers are few, so, so pray for laborers to come in? Because if there's no laborers for the harvest, the harvest rots. Right? So I pray and I hope that you will be one of the laborers of the end time harvest, because there's a lot of people out there that need to know Jesus. Jesus is going to round them all up before he comes, and we get to be a part of that. And it's so awesome. So so who's ready for today's cleansing? All right. Jesus ain't woke, part two. On the surface, the woke ideology seems to have good intentions. It really does. But you dig deeper and you find out that almost everything woke is anti-God. It's anti-Bible. Yet Christians everywhere, they're becoming woke in the name of love. They're like, we're just loving people. Mm. You know, we're told that to love the LGBTQ plus community, we got to advocate for their cause. We got to go to the parades. We got to do this. We got to do that. Never mind the fact that God has said that everything the community stands for is sin. But hey, we're supposed to love them, Right right? Yeah, we are supposed to love them, but take a look at what the Bible says about love in 1 Corinthians 13. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in sin. Love does not rejoice in the wrong, but it rejoices in the truth. So in order to support the LGBTQ plus community, we have to ignore this verse, But how do, the verse about love, right? But how do we get around it? I know. Let's adopt the world's definition of love. Love is inclusion and acceptance, period. And the the American church is intimidated by culture's demand for inclusion. Have you noticed that? So we forsake God's commands so we can worship the God of inclusion instead. It's not that we've believed an outright lie. We would be able to recognize that. We've just adopted a half-truth. But it's not truth at all. The truth is Christianity does not exclude people. Everybody's welcome, right? But it does exclude sin. And sin isn't defined by Christians. It's defined by the most read book of all time, the Bible. It tells us what sin is. So this means that people exclude themselves from Christianity by choosing to keep on sinning instead of letting Jesus take away their sin. They chose to exclude themselves. And most of the time, it's because of the church. They willingly neglected their duty to confront sin with truth and love truth, and love. And as a result, some people think they belong to God when they don't. And it is sad. Because of their sin, they sense a need for freedom. They, know, they want freedom. But they think that it's going to be found in getting people to accept their sin. But here's the truth. Freedom is only found when you let Jesus take away your sin. This discussion is a bit uncomfortable. But it's okay, because we're all here to be cleansed by the word of God, right? So let's dig into this. The American church was once guilty of legalism. You were judged for how you looked and where you came from. <laughs> Anybody a part of the church whenever? <laughs> or a church like that? Yeah. Thankfully, most recognize the error. They began a course correction. Grace became the poster child of the church. Forgiveness and acceptance were the focus of almost every message. It's almost like sin didn't matter anymore. Wow. <laughs> Grace covers everything, and it does. But you could now be a Christian without worrying about changing your lifestyle. Man, it's such a counterfeit freedom, you know? You know, people thought that, and that's what I thought. I mean, as a kid, the message I got from church was, hey, God loves you no matter what. Don't worry about those things that you feel guilty about because God's love covers it. And it's true. God's love's not tied to our behavior. Anybody thankful for that? It's unconditional. He loves us from the moment Actually, before we're formed in the womb, he loves us and his love never stops. I mean, just take a look at this in Romans 5, 8, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We talked about this at youth group this last Wednesday. He loved us while we were still sinners. In other words, you can't earn God's love. It's unconditional. But here's what many people have yet to understand. God's love doesn't ignore sin. God's love confronts sin. Why? Because sin is an enemy of God. Why? It kills its children. It steals their joy. It destroys their life. And that's why God sent Jesus not only to forgive sin, but to take it away. Take it away. In First John 3, 5, it says, And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. There's kind of like this um, false doctrine out there. You know, we all sin. You always have sin. You know what I mean? Like, you you just hear this stuff. And I don't believe it because I read the Word, and that's not what the Word tells me. The Word tells me that Jesus took away my sin. Does that mean I'm perfect? Does that mean any of us are capable of perfection? Probably not till heaven, right? But we can get darn close to it because the power of Jesus lives on the inside of us. Man, you see, Jesus is a warrior for righteousness because freedom from sin is what enables us to get close to God, and that's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants relationship. He wants to be close to you, but he can't take away your sin if you keep holding on to it. As a teenager, I found myself in bondage to the hyper grace teaching of the church. I thought sin wasn't a big, big deal, you know, that that God overlooked it. He understood if I chose to keep it around. So I kept it around. It felt good, it was fun. I made new friends because of my sin. And on top of it all, many would agree that I was born that way. It would always be that way. I even had Christians that were telling me that way. It's okay. You were were born that way. You've probably guessed it if you didn't know it already. My sin of choice was homosexuality. I hid it from my parents. I hid it from my church. Although that's one of those sins you can't hide very well. After all, they never really talked about sin, just that God loves me regardless. So I figured they didn't need to know anyway. There's only one problem, though. I was in bondage, and I knew it. I knew it. When emotions were high and adrenaline was flowing, like it was all fun and games. But as soon as I'd be by myself at home, my soul was crying out for freedom. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to do this. But how could I need freedom from something that's covered by the grace of God? I mean, these are questions going through my head. You see, I'd yet to understand this scripture found in 1 John 3.8. When people keep on sinning, because I say keep on sinning, keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. Well, this is a scripture the church conveniently ignores, so <laughs> we don't run people out of the church, right? But what if this truth holds the power to set people free? It does. Because the rest of the verse goes on to say, but the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil, destroy him. He came to destroy sin. So when we say yes to Jesus, we're born into God's family. And those who live in God's family, we don't make a practice of sinning because God's life is in us. In other words, you can't keep on sinning when you're truly a child of God. Like it just doesn't go together. And these are the kinds of statements, even though taken directly from the word of God, just go read first John chapter three, the whole thing. It'll shake you. But even though we take this from the Bible, you get accused of a hate crime. Why? Because it feels like your parents just showed up to shut down the secret party, right? Party is over. Shut it down. And you know what? Jesus actually already shut down the party when he revealed that there will be people on judgment day who think that they're saved only to find out they're not. And by at that point, it's going to be too late because he's going to have to say, get out of here. You can't be here. And it's not a mystery who these people are because Jesus tells us exactly how to know if you're saved. Take a look at what he says. Only those who actually what do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Wait a minute. Wait, a, wait. I thought salvation was a free gift. That it wasn't attached to my behavior. All I had to do was believe in Jesus. And that's true. Salvation can't be earned. It's it's a free gift only obtained by faith in Jesus Christ. But here's the deal. You guys hear me say this all the time. When you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. I've never met a football fan who, doesn't, who you know, believes in this team and then doesn't follow him. They always follow the team that they believe in. It doesn't even matter if they're losing. They pay loads of money to wear the gear and travel to the games. They take off work. They skip church, whatever it takes. So I'll say it again. When you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. Right? Following Jesus, also known as doing the will of the Father, it's not something you do to earn salvation. It's what you do because you've been saved. It's a result of your salvation. The reality is it's easy to tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Those who keep on sinning, even if they claim to be a Christian, they belong to the devil. But those who daily seek to do the will of God, even though they're not perfect, are children of God. And I'll be honest, I was a child of the devil, even when I thought I was a Christian. I was even leading worship for my church youth group as a child of the devil. But I got tired of being in bondage, got tired of it. I was tired of the church telling me it was okay. I wanted freedom, and I was going to find it, and I was going to get it, no matter what it took. And let me tell you, when you start seeking freedom, Jesus will give it to you, even when the church won't. He will. So I received complete freedom from homosexuality in my bedroom as I was crying out to God not just to forgive me, but to take it away from me. Take this away from me, and he did. And that day, Jesus became not just my Savior, but my Lord. I received more than forgiveness of sin. I received freedom from sin and the power that I needed to stay away from it. And my wife of 14 years and my four beautiful kids are just a great testimony of what God can do whenever you let Jesus take away your sin but lest you think I never struggled again after the day I was delivered you need to know that I did there were still thoughts that had to be overcome there were still habits that had to be broken there were still friends that I had to walk away from and although it wasn't a walk in the park after that encounter when Jesus took away my sin I never committed that act again never temptation continued to rear its ugly head but I had this newfound power on the inside of me to say no that's not who I am I don't do that. It was the power of Jesus. So this is how true Christianity deals with sin. We expose it, and then we invite Jesus to take it away. And by faith, we're set free. But woke Christianity, what they do is they keep sin in the shadows, and they even go so far as to advocate for sin. And here's what it sounds like. We can't confront sin at church because the sinner will feel excluded. And that statement sounds so right. Like we even pat ourselves on the back as we gloat in our ability to make sinners feel welcome (laughs) in our church services. We feel so good about ourselves. (laughs) And this has been going on in the church for years. And what's the result? Look around, right? Families are more broken than ever. Biblical morals have corroded to where they've almost disappeared. And all this happened while the church was having its party. Having its party. So it's time to let Jesus... Take away your sin. So I want to ask you, if you believe the lie that you can keep on sinning and pretend that you belong to God. Maybe you've been fighting sin for years. It could be homosexuality or pornography or lying or just being lazy. I mean, there's all kinds of sin, right? But we all kind of have that one that seems to just keep hanging around. Seems to keep hanging around. But let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it keeps hanging around. Because you've been asking Jesus to forgive your sin. And he does over and over and over and over and over and over. And as many times as you need forgiveness, he'll give it to you. But you have yet to ask Jesus to take it away. Take it away. I don't want you to just forgive me. I want you to take it away. So today is the day to invite Jesus to take away your sin. If that's you, I want you to stick both your hands up in the air. In complete surrender Listen to me, if you keep your hands down It's because you want to keep holding on to it You can't, Jesus can't take away Any sin that you keep holding on to So just lift your hands and surrender right now Fix your eyes on Jesus Jesus, we surrender to you And just go ahead and ask him right where you are Jesus, take away my sin. Just tell him to do it, actually. He wants you to tell him to do it. Jesus, take it away. Never to return. We surrender. Jesus we ask you to clothe us in your righteousness. Don't mess this up and get into the idea that this is your righteousness. That this is something that you have to do perfectly or whatever. God's just asking you to wake up every day and put on my righteousness. Put it on. It's like you put on your clothes. Just put it on. Walk in it. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. That is who we are. We are free from sin. We are alive unto God. The very life of God is on the inside of us. Praise you, God, for a revelation of this. Hallelujah. All right, you can go ahead and put your hands down. I'm going to ask the guys in the back to dim the lights down a little bit. I want to give the Holy Spirit some time to work this morning. I believe there's something that he wants to do. We just have to settle ourselves and invite him in. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We want you to minister to us this morning. We want you to have your way. So we submit ourselves to you whatever you want to do in this place. And I know we got a lot of people filled with the Holy Spirit in this room. So if the Holy Spirit's asking you to do something, I'm going to ask you to be obedient. If you have a word for somebody, if he's asking you to go lay hands on somebody for healing, just go ahead and get up and do what you need to do.
1: the desire to share my story of freedom, the freedom that Kate's offering to you guys through Jesus. I've been walking completely and totally free from pornography since April of last year. But I was in a very similar boat to where Kate was. I I was a Rhema student filled with the Holy Spirit and I knew that it was wrong, and as time went on, I started getting desperate, saying, God, I don't want this, I don't want this, I can't have this anymore, I'm tired of feeling so ashamed, so hateful of myself. It broke me. More than once. But as someone who is standing here today, one year free, I can tell you that it was, that accepting that freedom was the best thing that I've ever done. And this is just one year later. I still thank them for it. I've never been more thankful for anything in my life, at least as far as I can tell. The freedom that God gives you is eternal, it's permanent. The only way it comes back is if you dig it out of that grave yourself. And I for one won't dig that grave out. Ab-
2: this one (laughs) I I don't come up here at all (laughs) Uh, no uh, I I need I gotta say a couple things here Uh, so last week it was brought to my attention that something had happened that I guess myself had made somebody mad and I don't like that somebody who's not here right now I don't know if they're watching But I know that feeling Man, I'm sorry I have to apologize If you're watching If you know who they are Man, I'm sorry I I know that feeling Church scares the living Can we say In here (laughs) I don't I have a lot of issues With the past With me I don't like it It's hard So if you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I became the person I hate more than anything in the world. the some person that rejects, and I don't want that. I have to apologize. One of the things I did in our small group, I thought I had them. Something that was said to me was we have to thank God for what we have, because I think my biggest struggle is constantly worrying about where I'm going to be next. I am constantly worried about where I'm going to be next. Some of you guys know that this is my wife. I need her up here right now. (laughs) Uh, I I, I don't know what I need to do. I don't. I don't know how I'm going to support her. I'm scared to death. (laughs) She's not. She's having a grand old time. (laughs) But I'm scared to death. (laughs) You know, it's, it's money. It's... It's everything. It's it's family. I don't know. So, these are three things. I, I I'm not good at talking, especially at a church. So, man, here you go. <laughs> Stay up here. I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> Everybody, reach your hand
0: towards him. We command the blessing over Paul right now in Jesus' name. God, fill him with creative ideas on how to generate wealth. You're going to have dreams. You're going to have visions about what you're supposed to do. And if you follow them, when you follow them, because you're going to, you will see an amazing blessing. This concern about provision and providing for your family is going to be such a distant memory. You're like, I can't believe I've been worried about that. <laughs> because it's going to be so easy. I mean, that's just, you're going to have an overflow. You're going to have an abundance because God's ha- God has an assignment for you and you need to have that provision for the assignment. This is so much bigger than your family. I know it starts with your family. But just know that God's desire is for you to have everything you need to provide for your family. A great life. He's equipped you. He'll give you the connections. He'll give you everything you need to walk in abundance, to walk in prosperity. And there is nothing bad about walking in prosperity and he's going to show you how to use it he's going to show you where to give it he's going to show you what to do with it in
3: jesus name amen um while i was down there there was this uh light that turned on for you two. it was just it was like whoa we don't want to i don't know if you've ever seen mark but he helped. Well, there was this all that happened for you, not you or you, but for you. And in that, I saw you because your heart is starting to open more and more. And as it opens more and more, you're going to start seeing things. And God's going to take your past that you talked about, the things you've been through. He's going to take those things and he's going to use them. For his good see what's going to happen is you're going to be able to understand people that I'll never be able to understand and you're going to be able to help them all's what you got to do is stay open and let your heart be pliable don't let your heart get hard just let your heart be pliable and and don't question it Just just kind of go with it I know you I've learned you I've seen you you're going to question it you question everything. Yeah. But but what I'm getting at is let your heart be pliable because you, my friend, are going to touch many people that somebody like me will never be able to touch. Okay? Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Come on up, Eva. This is one of our awesome youth. Beth and I get the privilege of leading the youth group every Wednesday. I can't tell y'all how much of a blessing our youth is here, they, they're a tremendous group. I walk away every Wednesday night just so blessed, I'm like, man, that, it wasn't a drag at all Like to go be a part, it was, I'm like, wow, I'm so, I can't believe I get to do this, it's so awesome, so I'll hand it over to Evan now, she's awesome.
4: <laughs> so, um, two or three years ago, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, I was not okay for several months. Um, Around April of 2020, when everything started getting really bad and everything shut down and I had to stay home, I didn't leave my room like ever. I started started cutting and it kind of snuck up on me. It started off as just like, I didn't care whether or not I lived or died. I ended up being suicidal for a while. I didn't have like a date or anything But I just knew One day it's just That's gonna be it And I'm gonna go do it And then I don't We We started going to Like a doctor She was kind of like a psychologist Psychiatrist kind of doctor And I started getting on medication And that It took a while It took several months But Eventually we figured out The correct medication But it didn't change much. I still wanted to cut. I still didn't really want to live anymore. And then we started coming here and I accepted the Holy Spirit into my life. I've not wanted to cut. I've been liking being alive again.
5: (laughs)
6: Like intense, <laughs> made me cry. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, in Luke, in the book of Luke, there's a verse that says, "Preach deliverance to the captives." So if you guys, if any of you in here in this room are still feeling captive to your sin, you have a habit or an addiction, and in you know, you've tried everything and you just can't feel like it's breaking off. You you don't know how to get your spirit stronger so that you can deny your flesh. Um, there are deliverance resources out there. And I know about a lot of them because um, I overcame pornography that I was addicted to for 10 years. So, um, and much more than that was overcome all at once. And I lost 60 pounds because I was way overweight and I was way in debt. I'm almost out of debt. So it's been life changing for me. And I can point you to some great resources for prayer where, you know, books that you can read and pray the prayers out loud and and they'll help you re- reach that freedom that you need in your life. So, and I don't mind buying you the book. So if you are interested in any of those resources, just come talk to me.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Talon. So I loved what Paul came up and did because the word tells us, I think it's in First Peter, confess your sins to each other. And sometimes that's what we got to do to step into that freedom. So I don't want to end today. If there's somebody else in the room that's like, I, I need to, I need to tell, I need to, I need to confess my sin. You're in a safe group of people here. There's no reason to walk out of here not doing it. So I want to give you a, a chance to do that. One of those super fun things that Pastor Kate asked you to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for everything you did in in this place today. You're so faithful. You're so good. I thank you for taking away our sin. I see a group of free people. And Lord, I ask you to equip us to lead others into the same freedom. We thank you for the truth that is pouring out of this church. Here in this room and over the Internet. I thank you for the people who will find freedom, who have found freedom watching right now live and who will find freedom listening to this message later. It's so awesome how you work, God, because I know this message will hit somebody right at the right time. I don't care if you hear this five years from now. When you find freedom, tell us about it because we want to celebrate with you. We love you, Lord. Praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, you guys, I want to show you a video. Last week, you remember we talked about a very um, hot topic, right? Abortion. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys, I got attacked on Instagram, like on Tuesday. All kinds of really hateful, ugly comments, even about my kids. And like, it it was bad, all because I'm taking a stand against abortion. But anyway. Life will be the outcome of this. I'm sowing seeds so that babies can live, <clears throat> and I will not back down. Um, but we want to show you a video of our that explains what our local pregnancy resource center, local pregnancy resource center does. Uh, Dylan is in this video. This is he was just playing the part. All right, so so don't let that throw you off. Uh, but go ahead and take a look at the screen.
7: Unplanned pregnancy is a frightening and overwhelming situation, regardless of your age, gender, or marital status. Some have the support of their family and friends during these emotional times, while others have no support at all, which is exactly why the Pregnancy Resource Center exists. I'm reminded of a story when a young couple came in for a pregnancy test. It was obvious their relationship was on the rocks. They quickly stated their plan was to get an abortion as they did not want to complicate their life any further. To be honest, we were surprised when they returned for their scheduled ultrasound. As they watched their baby's heart beating on the screen, the couple was surprised as we explained how their baby is fully alive, has all of its body parts, and can even feel pain. When the ultrasound was over, we handed dad the printed pictures and watched his eyes filled with tears when he read the words, Hi, Mom and Dad, on the picture. It was at that moment that both parents committed to having this baby. Our prayer and goal is for every story to end like this one. But across the nation, nearly four out of ten pregnancies result in abortion. Believe it or not, abortion is currently the number one killer of Americans. Each year, nearly one million precious lives are lost to abortion, which surpasses the number of lives lost to heart disease or cancer. For those facing unplanned pregnancy, abortion is often the first option considered. It seems like a quick and simple fix, when in actuality, it's far from it. The Pregnancy Resource Center makes a difference between life and death by providing a safe place to receive medical care and support for those facing unplanned pregnancies. No one should have to face this journey alone. At the PRC, we provide pregnancy testing, limited ultrasounds, and screening for sexually transmitted diseases at no cost to the client. Studies demonstrate that if a woman sees her unborn baby on an ultrasound, in nearly 90% of instances, she will choose life for her child rather than abortion. We also provide continued support by pairing both the mother and father with one of our mentors where they learn about pregnancy, parenting, relationship skills, and overall life skills. They earn points at each meeting which can be redeemed for much-needed supplies such as diapers, clothing, strollers, and even a new car seat. And if you are a parent, you know how challenging it can be to care for an infant, which is exactly why we continue to provide support even after the baby is born. The services we provide extend far beyond what can be seen or demonstrated in this life. The simple action of providing love that is free from judgment is the best gift we can possibly give another human being. Become a partner with the PRC today by volunteering, becoming a mentor, giving financially, and even lifting us up in prayer. When you partner with a PRC, you help make a difference between life and death.
0: Come on, y'all. That's right here in Owasso. (laughs) That's so awesome. So you guys probably got the email and the text from me this last week inviting you to be a part of this fundraiser. We do this every year for them, a fundraiser for the PRC. You got something to say about this? But I just wanted you guys to um, be a part of this. Sometimes we am be like, well, I don't have a lot to give. Like maybe you only have $5 or $20 or whatever. And so you're like, I, that's not big enough to make an impact. I want everybody to sow seed into this because it's going to make a difference between life and death. It really does. So if you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. Just make sure you write PRC on your gift to the PRC. We'll make sure that it gets there. You can also give online. You go to nolimits.fyi and you'll see pregnancy resource center listed in the funds. So be sure to check, uh, check that as your fund. What do you got, man?
5: Hey, this abortion subjects like really, really painful and near and dear to me. Um, and no, we, we have not had an abortion as a couple or whatever. My mom went through a lot of things growing up, um, to the point where my middle sister would not be here unless she was under like constant watch. Right. My mom was fighting so much depression and anxiety and things like that, that she had to be watched by family members because she was doing everything but begging for an abortion. Right. Um, never wanted to get pregnant again. I wound up getting pregnant with me. I'm the the last of three kids that they had. And when they found out I was a boy, everybody was so excited and it kind of turned that that switch off. So she didn't have to watch those things, right? And you hear a lot about this, my body, my rights stuff with the abortion things. And from a male perspective, you're not supposed to speak on it, right? Because we don't have a say. As a former fetus, I, I have a say. OK, so that the BS of my body, my rights type stuff. And I'm a guy and I can't talk about abortion is horsemanucky. OK, it absolutely is. So think about that when in this fight, stuff like that. And we're fighting for these kids to have a chance. Right. But the chance doesn't end there. And I, I would like to say something to you like you just melted my heart. Absolutely melted my heart. You have no idea how much strength and boldness and favor you have to come up here and speak to that and how amazing you are in such a blessing to this church and to be able to come up here and say that because teenage suicides and teenage things, this COVID thing, this thing, it's a real thing. So fighting for these children to get a chance, the fight does not stop there. You got to fight to keep them because everybody wants them and everybody has more access to your children than you do. And I don't know at what age you're supposed to stop fighting for your kids, but there is no shame in what these kids are dealing with. There is no shame in what they're going through. It's real. And you can choose to ignore it or you can choose to find solutions. And as a parent, I don't care what the solution is. I'm gonna go down every barrier to find it. So anyways, I don't not to get off on a tangent, but guys, it's this is so serious and so real. And nobody's perfect. And to go back to the sin thing you're talking about, they're, they're, I don't need freedom from some historical sins. Jamie and I have talked about we've been, there is nothing a couple can't come up to us and talk about that we have not been through, survived, or whatever, right? And I say that tongue-in-cheek, and everybody's like, oh, they've been through some stuff, right? Do you know she still has a scar on her head where her hair won't grow? you want to know who gave her that scar? Me? you want to know I, I, she held the bandage over it while I went and got no skin to stop the bleeding because it was bleeding so bad? Because she didn't want me to get arrested? You guys know that? I mean, look at us. we got four beautiful kids. We're a great couple. We struggle. That's a real thing. I don't need freedom from that now. I'm free from that. But nobody is above this stuff. Nobody is perfect, guys. We all have the demons we've had to lay down and the ones that are going to rise up and flee from us in how many directions? Seven. Seven. Thank you. All right. Love you guys.
0: Thank you. So it's very important that we talk about this issue. You need to stand up for life. But it's also important that you do something about this issue, and that's what this is all about. So give your best gift to the PRC. Let's blow their socks off. They're always actually blown away. They're like, this came from your all's church? It's like, yeah, we did that. Because God has equipped us to do it, right? Man, I'm so excited about what's coming next. I love this series, Jesus Ain't Woke, but I think we're gonna spend the yet rest of the year talking about finances. Who's excited for that? That's what God has put on my heart. He's like, I need my people to have the resources for the end time harvest. They gotta have it, they gotta be ready. So this includes everybody in this room. God's desire is for everybody in this room to prosper. You got to. Anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's going to be some good stuff. I'm excited about it. All right. I think I already covered all this. You guys know how to give. I want to tell you all, if you want a book and you're watching online, just go to JesusSaintwoke.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.